This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast Tuesday afternoon coming off of the uh, long holiday weekend. Hope everyone had a great weekend here. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We have a special guest here joining us, Ryan Bolding. Uh, We have a lot to get into with new new developments uh, coming from last night's Vegas Golden Knights Western Conference Finals win. I'm going to get into all that. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about who Ryan Bolding is. But we got to kick this show off with talking about some of our great partners. Because we just have, we have so many that we can't fit them all into two breaks. Uh, so we are going to start off today by telling you guys a little bit about, uh, we were talking about possibly getting a kickball team going uh, over at Bolo Sports, one of our newest partners uh, here at DNVR. Have you guys done any of the bowling drop-ins? You guys stopped in yet? No? No, they were, schedule-wise, they were a total nightmare for us. For, it yeah. was either, <laughs> yeah. it was abs, and then abs finished, and then it was right in Nuggets game days yep. when they were in the second round, and then it was over when we finally got free time. <laughs> uh, I had every intention of it, and I like nope. bowling. I like, I do like bowling. I do too. Uh, so, you know, Volo, they have a bunch of uh, sports here locally, adult sports that you can play. I believe Ryan was saying you played in a beer in hand kickball? No, kickball flip oh. cup. Oh, kickball, then flip cup, playing into the conversation we had last week. After you play, you go to a local bar, you play a great game, uh, some drinking games, have some fun. Uh, You can sign up for the Volo Pass, pass, which is a monthly membership program that gives unlimited access to sports, events, and social activities every night. You get unlimited pickups and drop-ins, tournaments, all of that good stuff. $20 a month, uh, minimum for three months, uh, minimum three-month membership, or you can prepay $200 for the full year uh they have leagues i mean literally all over the place lodo rhino uptown city park the highlands sloan's lake cherry creek du inglewood arvada aurora northfield Mm. and even more than that so there's zero excuse even if they're power washing your neighborhood you can find a neighborhood (laughs) near you uh where you can play uh in a volo league uh go to volosports.com slash denver use the code dnvr10 you're gonna get ten dollars off Again, that's volosports.com slash Denver. Also brought to you guys uh, by our great friends over at Illegal Pete's. Uh, Nuggets, NBA Finals coming up. Head on down to the bar. It's the best place to watch the games. If you're not at the arena, stop by the Illegal Pete's. That's just down the road. Pre-game the game. Get in on their happy hour. Get on their delicious burritos. And they are open late. So after the game, you can head right back there and post-game. I don't know. Is that a thing? Do you post-game a party? It's the That's after party. The party. Yeah. Oh, the after party. All right. I was like, I know there's a term for this. Yeah. So you can take the after party uh, back down to Illegal Pete's. All kinds of great beers on tap. 
Uh, and of course, delicious burritos every single day. Woo! Nailed it. Nailed it. Now we can start the show, I think. Uh, I do have a DraftKings pick of the week, and it's going to be related to what we're talking about here. Rudo took the parlay, Florida uh, and the Nuggets last week for the pick of the week. Now that we know who Florida's opponent is, I'm just taking the Panthers. Uh, straight out, win the Stanley Cup to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, head on over to DraftKings. Use the app, DraftKings.com. Uh, place your bets. We now know the NBA Finals. We know the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. We have a great week of sports ahead of us. Ryan Bolding, NHL.com, uh, Colorado correspondent, longtime friend of the show. Actually, Ryan, the first time I met you, oh God. Do, you know, do you know when this was? Oh, I was no. with you. We were at the Rockies game with J.J. Jerez, uh, and it was the day... You guys have me on video saying that I thought Sven Andrigetto was going to have like a 50-point season or something like that. <laughs> I do remember this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that and, was a long time ago. And just by happenstance, you were in the section next to us. We were sitting yeah. there, and you were like, hey, oh, <laughs> we yeah. know you. Uh, I don't yeah. remember that. That's we're crazy. At, we're at a Rockies Sorry. game like right on the, <laughs> like right on third base. Yeah. Just sick. Down low, seats. But that was the first time I met you. Shit, dude. I mean. Six years ago at this point? Yeah, it was a long if not time ago. I'm trying to think of why I would have been there. I'm like a one or twice a year Rockies guy. <laughs> so it's I, kind of a special occasion. I want to say you had like a little kid with you. It's probably my cousin's son. My second cousin? No. Maybe. I don't know. You'd know better than me. I don't remember the kid. No, no. <laughs> we've done this. Sure that's true. We've <laughs> done this. It's, it's cousin first removed. I don't know. How do you even... You know what? Familial stuff is weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't no. know any of my cousins, so I made it easy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an easy way to take a shortcut to the end. But point being, uh, longtime uh, friend, friend of the show. I think you've been on pods in the past. Always fun to have you back around. Uh, you, me, and Megan all sit next to each other in the press box throughout the year. So yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to do the order, but we, we shuffled it up to <laughs> yeah, confuse me. we got to change things around a yeah. bit. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, of course. Thanks for coming down on this you know, tornado-like day yeah. that we're heading into here. Uh, I'm we, just going to kite home. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can kite. Megan's scootering. She might get like a parasail going, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, you ever gone parasailing? I have not. It's awesome. I imagine it would be. As yeah. a person who is deathly afraid of heights it was you liked I, it it was awesome i didn't know if you're gonna say i also it. thought i was gonna die so i've I was seen just the like, like fails well, where people are just getting dragged behind the boat you know like, <laughs> they don't actually that could be me i didn't know yeah. if you're gonna say you were afraid of water or heights and i was like this is either like the ultimate game of keep me as far away from that as possible or yeah no. it's really scary and you overcame the fear so good yeah, for you leaned right into it uh it was terrifying and bro, i was on my blackstone all did, day yesterday. did nothing to cure the fear of heights um, so it wasn't like an overcoming thing for you? No, I just survived <laughs> it. Uh, Did you have both eyes open or were you doing like the one eye? Oh, no, both like, eyes. I took pictures. Yeah, like, nice. I, was, Hell yeah. Dude, I was into it. AJ, awesome. AJ survived that. The Vegas Golden Knights survived what looked like a potential 3-0 series uh, comeback sake. bid from the Dallas Stars. Uh, I don't even necessarily want to say a good game last night. That was just an outright beatdown 6 nothing is the final it's a good uh, game from Vegas. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even Pete DeBoer said that. Yeah, I'll say even like it's kind of like Game Two of the Stanley Cup Final last year. It was like yeah. one team that was one of the best games I've ever seen. That was horrible from the other side. Yep. Uh, Vegas moves on. Before we get into Vegas and Florida, we're going to talk a little bit just about that matchup and what we're kind of looking at. I want to talk 
we did kind of the postmortem on Carolina uh, last week after they got eliminated. Dallas, I think, is in a very different spot than where Carolina is at. We kind of arrived at the conclusion that Carolina, like, it's still just the same issue. You need to find goal scoring. They had some unfortunate injuries. If you're Dallas, you already had question marks coming in around guys like Suter, Jamie Benn. The latter of those didn't do any favors for himself in making that any more of a clear picture. Where do you go from here if you're the Dallas Stars? Well, I thought it was interesting. Vegas tweeted out, like, good series. There's a bright future in Dallas. Like, they're, I don't know, a, a youth team that made the tournament somehow. I was like, do you not understand the yeah, issues that, that this team is looking at next year? That and, goes to yeah. a team like Seattle. Yeah, it was bizarre. But I, I, like you said, Dallas has some tough choices to make. I felt like for a long time, Suter was a confusing move. And then during the yeah. regular season, it just seemed to work. And during the playoffs, it just didn't seem to work anymore. You know, that was a, a confusing one to me. Ben, he started to see his role diminish. I Like he's the captain and do not keep the captain around. What do you do? But this is a team that has some holes and I haven't seen a lot of injury stuff, but I think they're pretty beat up in that last round. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Like Carolina. Oh, oh you're talking about playing through yeah, injuries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. It, it still goes back to that t Dallas team where we don't know who they really are, right? Are they <laughs> Do they score or do they not score? Do they play good defense? Do they not play good defense? Yeah. It's been that identity across coaches and iterations of that team for a while. I heard a... I heard a talking yeah, about just the injury stuff after they had such a healthy season. Because double-digit man games lost, I yeah. think, for them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, and I know we're going to get into Florida, but like you look at that team and you're like... Does anybody even have a hangnail on this team right now? <laughs> right. Yeah. Is anybody yeah have a have a sore throat? Well, but again, so let's pause on the Jamie Ben thing because like there were people. I got two DMs saying, "Do you scratch Jamie Ben for Game Six? And obviously, you weren't going to do that. But again, you saw the role diminish. Had a little bit of a, a resurgence this year. I did like that they called him the ESPN broadcast a Renaissance. Yeah, uh, I thought that was great. Uh, that's what they called it. But obviously, I mean, an, an idiotic play in the Western Conference Final gets him suspended for two games when they're already down 3 nothing. Do you do anything with Jamie Benn or do you bring him back because he's the captain of the team and the, the captain goes down with the ship? Or was I mean, the, is this a Kadri-level poor decision? You know, like, are we looking at... Kadri Toronto here with the Ben play? Or are we no. looking at Kadri Avalanche? I think it's Kadri Avalanche. Yeah. Uh, if only because one. Oh, Justin Falk. Okay. Yeah. What are you gonna What are you gonna do with him? You, you're not gonna move him. He's like homegrown. Your captain. He's been your captain for a decade. Like he's he's so important to that franchise, and he's been like the face of this generation of the stars, and he just makes too much money. It was pretty good for them, even early yeah. in the playoffs. Like, like, like he got caved in, especially in Game Six. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't see him as a problem. I mean, we can all admit, right? That was a boneheaded, yeah, it was, decision. It was, it was stupid, but does it overshadow everything else that he did all year? And yeah, like, and, and I guess that's the question: of Do you get caught up in the emotions well, and, and like, make a move? Like, do you expect him to do that again next year? Is the question? Like, what you got out of him this year was a major surprise. I don't know yeah. that you expect that. I think the bigger question is, is what do you have with Tyler Sagan and the money that he's owed? 
What do you have? Because their their decisions are like, do we try and bring back Max Domi and Evgeny Dadanov and the the Tide Landria contract will be a million and a half. Like it, they've got enough space and they don't have they don't have so many expiring guys that they're in a really tough spot. It's mostly just they're old. And when you don't win when you're old, you get a year older and you get a year closer to Joe Pavelski goes from being a point per game guy to being a 50 point guy to being completely done. Right. And his importance to to their success can't be overstated. He's been enormous for yeah. them. And to be honest, the only reason that this window of theirs even exists is because Joe Pavelski signed with the uncertainty of how good is he going to be? And then it's gone exceedingly well, and he keeps giving them cheap one-year deals. Yeah, He's going to make $3.5 million next year. One, one more year on the $9.5 million that uh, Jamie Benn contracts. Like It's a yeah. huge number. Megan, how much of a role did it play in the fact that, that stars are sitting at home today that the wheels completely came off for Jake Ottinger? And like, I, I don't, he, he almost feels like he kind of shifted the narrative around him like well this is the one thing they know they've got to like do they have this well and i think this is why they are at home today it's because they were really reliant on a goaltender that has had so much promise and has been able to get things done for them when they needed it most and this is where aj in talking about the age of this group this aging core in ways becomes a bigger problem because it relies on ottinger a little bit too heavily and so I think this was a group that overall, including Ottinger, was worn down to the bone. And I think that shows in this overall, honestly, playoff performance, like not just limited to the, the conference final, um, Ottinger struggled. And I think it's from being utilized heavily in the regular season that it became more difficult for him. And because of some of the age of this group, I think emptying the tank, they just had nothing left to give, some of that being because of these players like the Sagan and the Ben types, Pavelski getting older. There's still a young core there. That's why I don't think this team looks dramatically different next year. Um, that is going to be something that they can be hopeful around. But just kind of going back to the Jamie Ben conversation too, I don't think that there's anything they could bring back in his absence that would come close to making up for what it is that he brings to this group, even in the face of the poor decisions that he made at an important time. If there was something out there that I thought one for one, what could replace what Jamie Ben has meant to the Dallas Stars, it'd be a different story. But I just don't think it's that simple to, to change leadership in that way. And that's why I don't think Dallas even looks that different that year, next year. And two, I think Ottinger, he played like what, 81 games or something by then? Like by game six? Regular season and playoffs. Yeah, yeah something like Which that. Which is a heavy workload for that kid. And you mm -hmm. wonder at some point, do you put Wedgwood in and just give him one? You know, like right, I, there's right. some interesting goaltending decisions in this postseason where teams really were like, we've got one guy and we're just going to ride him no matter what, you know, and, and you Minnesota. I, just I mean, of the last the four teams left, he was the best goalie going into right. both conference finals. Yep. And yeah, I mean, looked pedestrian at times, looked good at times. I mean, would we have expected Freddie Anderson to look as good as he did in some of those games? Mm. Sergei Bobrovsky coming out of nowhere. I mean, that's a guy who lost his starting job to Spencer Knight, and then Spencer Knight went into player assistance. Yeah, and, and he and, didn't get it back. And Alex Lyon takes him in the playoffs because Bobrovsky's hurt, mm -hmm. and he, I mean, it pretty much walked into the playoffs as rested as you could possibly be. I mean, so I 
some people in the chat have said too. There's the young guys. Right? Yeah, like their their heart of that team is made up by, you know, Robertson and Hans and Haskin yeah. and Ottinger, yeah. and that's like their future's fine. Yeah, they're gonna be like they're gonna be continue to be competitive. But what has given them what why they're in a conference final is because they had the Benessance, because they had yeah. Joe Pavelski do what he did, because they have been able to stave off normal aging curves on multiple guys where you're talking about we're not we're not having a conversation about the guy's 31 years old and still good some of these guys are 35 yeah mm -hmm. like plus. you're talking you're talking about guys who should be seriously pushing the end of the road here and they're not and you're just you're just wondering how long can they continue to get away with that but you know it won't be much longer because there's just no history of lots of successes 40 year olds in the nhl I remember us, that being the joke for us last year, or whenever it was they signed Ryan Suter, was it was like, yeah, Dallas, the NHL's best over thirty-five team. Like, just seemed like every major player, and that's why having those young guys come in, it helps. But I, I think Jason Robertson struggled, and this is going yeah. to be a really important experience for him to take forward into the future because he started to figure some things out and become more of a difference maker. But it was a little bit late into the playoffs that this happened that. I think he's in a category of player uh, among the young players that has more to give and needed to learn some harsh lessons that I think will benefit Dallas in the long run as well. Especially games one through three of the conference final. If you're Dallas, you have to just be so frustrated because you went two rounds with Jason Robertson doing very little. And then for three straight games that put you, you know, in an, un an impossible situation, he was the only one going offensively. And it was like, we needed Dallas needed that stuff to line up better time wise. It was just you had nothing from Robertson, then you had only production coming for right. Robertson, and it was just yeah. Their top six really struggled in the conference final mm -hmm. to to do anything, and you're depending on your your bottom six guys. But you know, on an avalanche level, like they have that secondary core of these young guys, kind of mm -hmm. the way the avalanche shifted from the the older core. So, yeah. you know, there's the potential there just to surround these younger guys with the skilled pieces they need mm -hmm. to succeed. That's all that it takes. I mean, so we've seen it. if you put all, all of you put on your Jim Neal hat, is there any move you make or do you just run it back and say, we got to the Western Conference finals by just being around again? See if we can do it. Um, I know we're going to. I know. We talked about it in the round table a little bit, but right. I think I think a guy like Dmitry Orlov for them in free agency, mm. if they could go out and get him, I would strongly consider a Ryan Suter buyout if they mm. were able to get, if they felt confident that they were going to be involved in either either Orlov or Gavrikov. Those are two guys that I think would fit them defensively that I would strongly consider uh, trying to take Ryan Suter's job next to Miro Haskinen, especially Orlov. Because Orlov and Haskinen are both such good skaters and such strong uh, two-way transition types that they would be really good complements together. Uh, and if they ended up wanting to break them up, it would just make them even better. Like right. it would give that skill yeah. set um, as well as the breakout of Thomas Harley. It would add a lot more puck skill to their defense, um, which has long been Haskinen and a bunch of. Dudes, dudes that like to hit guys <laughs> yeah. um so i i do think that that would be a that that would be something and and money wise it would be a tight fit you know they would have to figure some stuff have out to move some but, guys around yeah um that's i think going into free agency i think that's kind of the thing that i would keep an eye on with them 
any, it's a big hole. Any differing opinions or? I, you got to see what Matt Murray has, the other Matt Murray, right? For them. Because yes. I, I mean, and again, no disrespect to Wedgwood, but like you need a goalie situation that can get Ottinger into the postseason rested and healthy. That's a great point. A guy that you could trust for 30 games. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good point. It's it's a great point because you and Megan both pointed that out that he just looked wiped. Megan, anything else? No. All right, I think that's it. It's going to be another interesting summer for Dallas. Ryan made the point off the top that like I feel like we've had this same conversation about the Dallas Stars now for ten years. They're always kind of in the mix. Uh, they're going to have to find a way to shuffle the deck. Have uh, a, an aggressive front office too that is mm-hmm. always interested and always thinks it's involved. It's Dallas and St. Louis are both wired that way, where yeah. if they think they, they can be competitive, they will make moves. And you give them credit to an extent. Obviously, you know, the Stars have gone since 1999 since they won a Stanley Cup, uh, but they've been right in the mix for a lot of years. They do not spend a lot of time on the outside of the playoffs uh, on the you know rare uh, time that that happens. I mean, they were finals in the bubble. In the bubble, yeah. Yeah, yeah got close, got close. Um if you'd like to bet on, I don't know if you can bet on off-season moves or what the Dallas Stars will do, if they'll bring back Jamie Benn or what, you can do it over at DraftKings. Uh, you can search all kinds of different props and different off-season bets and draft and all kinds of fun stuff uh, as we head into the summer. But also, like we mentioned off the top, they've got all kinds of different bets for the Stanley Cup final, for the NBA final. You can parlay. You can same-game parlay it. Uh, I really do. I think I am going to go in and pick a winner for each and try to parlay it together for some... Nice little bit of money here. We'll see what happens. Um, head on over to DraftKings. Use the code DNVR, and you're going to get a $5 bet. Uh, make a $5 bet. You're going to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also brought to you guys by uh, one of my favorites, Athletic Greens. Uh, I took Hannah to the airport at 3.30 on Saturday morning. She's, we were walking out. She goes, I need to pour a thing of athletic greens. Obviously, she had to drink the whole thing uh, before we got to the airport. Can't take it through security, uh, but did help even at 3.30 in the morning. Helped get her going uh, for a full day of travel. I really do. I like it a lot. It's one scoop in your water. It's your full ser- full day serving of fruits, veggies, all that good stuff. You get all kinds of great vitamins for yourself. Um, if you go on to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche right now, uh, you can reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into uh, just this season. We're going to be around all kinds of people, barbecue, shaking hands, hugging, sharing drinks, all kinds of good stuff. Make sure your immune system is on point to make it easy. Uh, AG1 is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 5 Free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. DNVR Avalanche podcast. AJ, Jesse, Ryan Bolding from NHL.com. We got Megan. We got Tiff running the board. Uh, So that's the team who's out. Carolina and Dallas made it to the same spot in the playoffs, kind of on different pages. They have to figure out what's going on next. We are staring down the barrel, though, of Vegas, Florida. A first-time Stanley Cup champion will be crowned uh, no matter who it is. Rudo said in round after round one, Florida seemed like the team of destiny. Vegas was the luckiest team in the playoffs. 
And here they are head to head. Do any of you guys have kind of an initial just kind of knee jerk to this matchup? I mean, this is two, I think, defensive teams on one level. Like Vegas was the best shot blocking team in the regular season. Mm -hmm. Shots are hard to get through. I didn't feel like any chance against Florida and the any round I watched was super dangerous. Like you have to work very hard to get into a good scoring opportunity against Florida. So I don't know if it's going to be exciting or a little bit boring. I can't, <laughs> I can't figure that out. You know, some and close games can be exciting, but I don't, I don't really expect any wild blowouts in this one. Although Vegas has really just put their skate to teams throats and just gone for it. Mm -hmm. You know, they did it to Winnipeg skate to the throat seems like infinitely more violent than foot to the throat. I don't know why yeah, you got to like, keep it hockey oriented. <laughs> I know, but like at that point, well, there's a blade involved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're not even like suffocating. You're just chopping their head right off. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, I guess you beat a team six, nothing in an elimination game. You kind of just beheaded them. That's yeah. basically yeah. what you did. You made um, an example out of them. Um, we were talking about it. The four of us a little bit before the show got started. You got Bobrovsky. You've got Aiden Hill. <sighs> Two goalies that are kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum here, but equally is kind of a roll of the dice on an even night? Nah, I think on the whole, Bobrovsky has way more experience. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. And skill, and I don't not to take away from what Hill has done. It's incredible. Do you worry about the wheels coming off for Bob at all? Because we've talked about I, it through every, every round. day of my life that he is in a <laughs> hockey game. I worry about that. I mean, just a long history of general... Bad performance, poor performance in high-pressure games, right? Olympics even. So, I mean, what he's wow, doing is phenomenal. That. But it, it is, I think, to a degree, proof of how a good system can really benefit a goalie. And, I mean, the Avalanche have a rotating goal, goal, wow, door of goaltenders <laughs> coming through who play exceptionally well. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, you can see it here. You used to see it in Arizona, too. I mean, still do. yeah, just a goalie factory down there, dude. Yeah. And for a while, I mean, Nashville, Soros is good. Soros is good. But I mean, it's it's just the back half. It's of like Pecorini the perfect storm career, in yeah. Florida right now. Yeah. Like everything they're doing is just the right thing. Megan, goalies, any thoughts? I do think it's different degrees of a roll of the die with each goaltender. And it comes down to the experience because we have a track record with Bobrovsky that has been inconsistent, but he has looked really strong through these playoffs. And then with Aiden Hill, he's an unknown that so far has also looked really strong, but because he's an unknown, he's never played in the Stanley Cup finals. I don't know what that looks like for him. Um, so I, I think it's okay to say it's a roll of the die, but there I, I think is a slight edge in experience for Bobrovsky. And I really like the call out about the way Florida plays in front of him. I do think that they are difficult to play against and they're opportunistic, engaged in the transition game and being able to use that against a team. I think of the other teams in, that could be in this matchup, Vegas, in my opinion, is pretty experienced in this way too, though. I don't think that they will let the narrative of the game completely slip away from them. Um, and so I think they'll allow few mistakes like that to be made and capitalized on. So I'm excited for the matchup. I do think it could be really close games. I don't know if it'll be boring, um, but I am excited for it. AJ, I, I went back actually and listened to our Pacific Division season preview show. We a lot of us had Vegas kind of in the middle, mm -hmm. but we 
specifically parts like five minutes to talk about like this is a much better team than we're all talking about. Like we 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 mentioned like hey mm-hmm. we're all caught up a little bit in the fact that they missed the playoffs, and we're all kind of doubling down on that. Now we did mention if the wheels come off the goaltending, it could be a repeat, and mm-hmm. they didn't. One of the other things that we said that we all emphatically agreed on was that they needed a quiet season where they weren't trying to shake up the entire roster every three weeks. They've had that, and that theme is really kind of carried through in the playoffs where they're just showing up and playing every night. Can they do that against a Florida Panthers team that really does at this point now have like the team of destiny feel to it where there's they've upset three of the top teams in the East. Now they're here on the top team in the West. Can Vegas put all that aside and just go win games again? Yeah, I mean, I think they can. Um, you know, once their front office knocked off the shiny toy syndrome yeah. that had plagued them for so many years, it became, okay, well, we believe in this group. Now go win. And they, it made it easier for the guys to get to the rink every day and just... Yeah, you didn't have to check your phone to see if you were well, traded. Exactly. <laughs> like, you weren't involved. Your organization wasn't involved in drama year, uh, all year long. Mm-hmm. And now they're where they, they are where they want to be, and they feel... Like, it's probably a, a, a redemptive arc for them where they feel very vindicated about, hey, we kept a lot of these guys together, and they're getting scoring from everybody. It's not a line or a guy. You know, you go and you look at their, you go and look at the production, and, you know, six guys have, like, six goals for them, and you're just like, whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, the fourth line, I believe, had the first three goals last night. I think each member of their fourth line scored a goal to start the game last night. Yeah, I mean. I believe. Will carry it with that, with the patience on the back Sick, end. Man. It was nice, yeah, it was good. But it, that's that's kind of just the 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 thing with Vegas is that they're just complete. Yeah. You know, they're they're, but it all hinges on Aiden Hill continuing to outperform just the rest of his career. You know, not to say that he can't be this guy or that he's not this guy. I don't know. Time will tell. But um, uh, to to this point. Aiden Hill has wildly outperformed the rest of his career. Like San Jose has got to be a little pissed, right? Because (laughs) they traded for Aiden Hill thinking this was going to be like, Hey, this is the guy we thought we were getting out of Arizona. We wanted this starting caliber goaltender. This is what we believed we were going to get. And now it's in vain. Now, now he's Vegas starter in a cup final. I remember when Twitter, when the (laughs) Aiden Hill move was announced, it was a footnote in the transaction detail that people were almost mocking, like, and some guy named Aiden Hill and I think that this has aged really interestingly for San Jose. Yeah. yeah. But I, I agree that uh, Vegas is really complete. And I found myself almost surprised because I feel Florida is very complete, especially yeah. within their forward group, like in the Toronto series where I expected um, Toronto stars to be scoring highly. Florida was producing just as much, but it was spread out throughout more of their lineup too. Like they were getting heavy lifting from Kachuk, but they were getting more from the rest of the forward group as well that I think this is another way in which these teams match up well on paper. I think Aiden Hill also has to stay healthy and that's something no goalie for Vegas has been able to do this season for a consistent stretch of time, which makes what he's doing impressive. I mean, everybody on that roster has been hurt. And then, Jack Eichel is like the one guy who's not really going right now on Vegas. Mm-hmm. But I, I felt similarly, I said on the hockey show that I've, I feel like I slept on Vegas a lot of the season because Vegas is Vegas, but they did miss the playoffs and they had a lot of injuries. And then all of a sudden you're like, if they can do this with a fourth, fifth string goalie in that, right. like, mm-hmm. how do you beat them? Well, and they, they really are. Maybe, and maybe we haven't talked about this enough. 
They were the only other team to have, what was it, 400 and... 450 man games lost. 450 plus man games lost to win the division. It had never happened before in, in NHL history. It happened twice this year with the Avs and Vegas. They're on to their fourth string goaltender. Like, this Importantly, is a really though, the, good team. The, the rest of that team is healthy. Right, right, now. right. Yeah. right. Like when they, it matters, they Mark got Stone they got to ish, the post they got to the postseason and are now healthy. Yeah, well, and you are like, and like you are talking about, they are obviously on Aiden Hill, but beyond that, in front of him, the revolving yeah. door on defense stopped. Yeah. The, all the forward injuries have stopped. They've gotten to just play the guys that they wanted to play. Yeah, it makes it pretty exciting. I think like even the Avalanche and Tampa last year were two battered teams. You know, yeah. potentially a game seven mm-hmm. away from a coin toss. With nobody in the lineup. Yeah. And now we're staring down the barrel of two almost entirely healthy clubs. healthy teams. Going head to head. Like, it seems like it's unheard of. Especially recently, in in recent years. I mean, you're four playoff rounds in. You're talking about healthy teams here. (laughs) It is weird. Yeah. Uh, Jack Eichel beats Connor McDavid to a Stanley Cup final. You know, to the point of what we're talking about, Vegas gets a year where there's not a, you know, insane things happening and really they kind of get the immediate payoff with Jack Eichel. Uh, he's been good, not great in the Western conference final. Just thoughts on Jack. I mean, he adds that element of it's Jack Eichel, right? We have to cover him and we have to take him seriously. Star player. Yeah. yeah. So whether or not he's going, I mean, he's forcing coverage yeah. out of the other team. It, it's th- this is what we all talked about when Vegas landed him was, they now have an elite center. They've got a, you know, yeah. a McKinnon, McDavid, Matthews tier type guy where it's just like he has that elite skill. And it was a gamble with his neck and the surgery, you know. Totally. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> and you have to be as as shitty as you probably feel about felt about that last year if you were Vegas, that trade and the way everything ended, you're probably feeling that same amount of good right now. Got to win it though. Yeah, yeah. Do they? They? Gotta, they gotta win it because I don't think that the I don't think that the West is gonna just roll over next year for them. I think the West is only getting better. Yeah, and I think that they can't rely on Colorado just getting out of the way with the most right. cursed season under the sun. Yeah. <laughs> like they they watched they watched another team have the year that they had last year, and they're like, hey, we didn't have that. Like they they had their obviously they had their injuries, they had their problems. Mm-hmm. But again, they got to the postseason, and oh wow, Mark Stone is healthy for Game One. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah stomp Winnipeg, and then we'll wait. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like we're we're getting through this. And like taking care. Give of Give them credit for that first one because they got run out of the building in Game One of these playoffs, and they bounced like they haven't really looked back since. Yeah, and it was Game One in the first period of Game Two, and then yeah, they were like, That's okay, right. we're tired of this. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, but like this is the first year with these clubs for both coaches, right? That's yeah, wild. Yeah. Also, your boy. Paul Maurice. (laughs) With every game that the Panthers won, I just thought, like, AJ's probably about to freak out. No, it's funny because (laughs) you look at the response in Winnipeg has been two extremes. It's been Paul Maurice wasn't the problem in Winnipeg. It's a cancerous locker room. You got to now. Now we have proof of that. Mm -hmm. And then you also have, you know, people who are just like, yeah, Paul Maurice got an elite roster. One that is coming off of winning a president's trophy. Right. And he, he did just change their whole system. Barely the season, though. barely <laughs> makes the postseason with an elite Leaded roster. Yep. Yeah. 
And what? and like and like on the back of Sergei Bobrovsky going nuclear in the postseason. Here, is here's this the really question, Paul though. Maurice? Yeah, here's the question for you. Legitimately, what is more impressive? Like a, a coach's record and ability during the regular season or in best of seven series in the postseason, right? Where, where you have to adjust to what the other team's doing yeah. or not if you're just steamrolling them. But And maybe know. that's maybe that's been Paul Murray's thing. <laughs> he just hasn't been a good enough coach to get there enough. Yeah, I mean, Paul because, Murray's, I think this is his second cup final in his career, so it's not like he hadn't been there before. Uh, like, but who you was are the first with? Carolina. Carolina. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. You're, 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 talking, you're talking about the guy that, I mean, uh, Jeff Fisher went to a Super Bowl, too. Uh, you know, like I've always Ooh. said, Paul Maurice is the Jeff Fisher of the NHL. He's he's a he's an extremely average head coach that in now it's like 22 years as a head coach has caught fire twice. It's been impressive this year, though. And, and like, <laughs> and, well, yeah. and you're like, is Paul Maurice impressive or is Matt Kachuk suddenly redis- like suddenly figuring out postseason well, hockey? Well, so I, I wanted to. Well, and, 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 is that is a is that a byproduct of what the team's doing or not? Right. It, I think well, it's a legitimate is, question. This is where the, the conversation yeah. that we have had when the Avs were getting beat in the second round every year of where does where does uh, coaching end and playing begin? Yeah. Where like, how do you sit? You can't sit. You can't definitively point and say. Jared Bednar is losing these games. He's not, he, he played zero seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, this year of any years for Bednar, right? Like, at one point, he was like, if we could go out and play, we would. <laughs> but we can't, so we have to. <laughs> We're so injured. We have I to coach play. these guys, yeah. you know? It's like, yeah. Well, so I, I did want to just pause really quick, and then, you know, we can move on to just a couple things about Florida. Because this really is getting to the point, you know, we mentioned elite roster now and, and the way that this team is playing. <laughs> but, like, this is starting to have 2012 LA Kings vibes to it a bit. You mentioned they're a year removed from winning a president's trophy. They were maybe a little bit of a better team than we gave them credit for coming in. Is that, are we, are we, so here's my question. Are we seeing what the Florida Panthers actually always were and we're just able to find their game or are they just hot? Like, are are they just on like the ultimate heater right now? That's the question. And like Paul Maurice changes their system throughout the course of the season, right? And they really struggled at the start, mm-hmm. and it seems to be working now in the in the postseason. So, is this a team that was always that good, but had the the bad the LA pains. start in yep. 2012, and it is just a wagon now, or is it the you know the planets aligning here and everything just working out perfectly? Yeah. I think it's hard to say, but when I watch any Panthers game that I watch, I'm just impressed by how few danger chances are given up and how opportunistic they are. Like they'll just sit back and let a team just bend them over for a whole period and then score one or two. Right. And be like, right. yeah, and we're dying minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, it worked for Tampa. Yeah. For multiple cups where yeah. they, they figured out. And they, that was the only success they had that the lightning had against the abs last year was they stopped playing offense and they just said, we're going to, we're going to sit back in defense and we're going to wait for you guys to make a mistake. We're going to counterattack, and then we're going to score on our three chances that we get. Yeah, and it's, that is hockey, right? The yeah. first team I mean, to blink is the, the team that gets scored it's, on. It's a game of mistakes. Yeah. You know, you you get you look at Vegas and, and Dallas, you, the whole Ryan Suter one shift at the end of the game where he just totally control or disconnects the entire shift, <laughs> and it, it costs them. It might have cost them the series. Yeah, yeah seriously. I won't so, say this is who Florida always was, but the President's Trophy – who they get swept by in the second round is Tampa Bay. That mm-hmm. is not to be understated. And so 
it's not as if they've been this way this whole time, but they have been this way for at least two seasons. And the personnel changes, you have the huge change come about in getting Matt Kachuk and losing Huberto and Uyghur, but it's still a lot of the same pieces as well that I think there's credit. It's a cop-out answer, but there's credit to be spread all around. I don't think a singular change in coaching or just one high-profile move in acquiring Matt Kachuk makes the entire difference. But I think all of these things together, because this still was a President's Trophy winning team the year before, is why the Florida Panthers are where they are. And there was that weird, like, at the strip club the night before the back-to-back game You're thing that right. happened in the playoffs Dude, I last year. Like, I completely forgot about I that. It perplexes me regularly when I remember that that <laughs> happened. Like, what is going on in this Bully situation? Bully just wakes up in the middle of the night. <gasps> oh, why were the Panthers there? Yeah. Oh, my God. They were playing back-to-back. What are you doing? <laughs> Jerry, that's just your responsible leadership. But, no, I, I forgot about that. It was a weird sweep, too, because those games were really mostly competitive. Yeah. And... Like, like one of them is like a funny bounce off the back wall and a guy scores a goal with three seconds left mm-hmm. to win a game. And you're like, oh. not, not all that. Unlike the sweep that Florida just had over Carolina that yep. like, it's, it's a much closer series <laughs> I, than four Oh would suggest. Rod Brindamore <laughs> making, you know, giving everyone just kind of like the meme material. Yeah. There was like, we didn't get swept. It's like, but you did though. We all know what you mean. But the history books oh, yeah. will say that you got swept. Yeah, I mean, like, the Lakers fans have been doing the same shit. For right, a week. right, right. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The games were close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have gone the other way. They didn't, though. They went yeah. this way. Yep. Uh, if things don't go your way and you get hurt in an accident, call the Colorado an institute. An institute since I was a kid. Back is in Shanker. Uh, they have been winning for Colorado families for over 25 years. Uh, you don't pay anything until they win your case. No upfront fee. Uh, <clears throat> None of that until, again, nothing until they get your money and they've been doing it for millions of families uh, for the last 25 years, winning over $1 billion uh, for their clients in the past. Now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, Fort Collins, Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case, AJ. Um, more than case. Just whatever case you want. That was a great P- pick a case. segue transition. Just right into it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I watch Rudo do it. He's every an expert. Day. Yeah. 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 He uh No, you. If if nothing oh, thank yeah, you. You're thank an you. Expert. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh more than thirty lawyers and a hundred staff. Uh Bags and Shanger helps with all kinds of injury cases uh where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycles, rideshare, pedestrian. Megan taking the scooter today into the office. If something happens, Bags and Shanger has your back. Uh and trucks. Uh, we can even help if you're injured at work. Call them at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker win. That's all they do. All they do is win, win, win. Uh, 222-2222. Uh, yep. Also brought to you guys by uh, our good friends over at Shady Rays. Uh, summertime, the sun will eventually be out all day. Uh, tomorrow. To, is it tomorrow? I don't know. Oh, maybe. I was it just singing. Oh, okay. Everybody's singing. <laughs> we have we have five more days of rain. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Thank all right. You. All right. Yeah, all right. Yes. On. All right. Well, tomorrow's a relative term. You don't ever actually get there. Once you get to tomorrow, it's today. Tomorrow's yeah. a state of mind. It is a state of mind. So is time. Uh, this is getting a little too heavy for me. I'm just going to keep profound. doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I talk about it all the time. I worked in the sunglass industry for about five years, the eyewear industry. Always hated that to get a quality pair of shades. You had to spend an arm and a leg. 
Shady Rays has completely done away with that. They're extremely high quality shades, very affordable price. And right now, if you head to ShadyRays.com uh, and use the code DNVR, you're going to get 50% off two pairs of polarized shades. So you can try these sunglasses that have been rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Um, and through tomorrow, the May 31st, uh, you can get it on their Memorial Day sale, where if you go to ShadyRays.com, you're going to get 35% off all sunglasses, uh, so you can try. Again, over 250,000 people have rated these five stars. Try them out. We all got a pair. We all love them. We got to get Ryan. If you're going to be on this show, we got to get you some Shady Rays. There's some, there's some on the table. Uh, if you can't, if you don't want to get online, head to their brick-and-mortar store in the Park Meadows Mall. Uh, great staff, oh, great wow. people. Uh, wow, Big-time no, sports fans. Bus. One of us. <laughs> One of us. Looking good. <laughs> Looking good. Shady Rays. Uh, ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR. Head into their brick and mortar inside of Park Meadows. Final period here for the DNVR Avalanche podcast. AJ, Jesse, Megan. We got Ryan Bolding from NHL.com. We got Tiff on the board. Want to just get in a little bit of we're gearing up for the offseason here. Uh, we got a bright future for some teams that are pushing for the playoffs. That's why Ryan's got the shades on. We have some teams that are still trying to figure out what they're doing. Uh, I just want to talk to you guys a little bit. We, we did put out this roundtable out. Is it live? Mm-hmm. Roundtable uh, is out. It's live. Where we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, a lot of these topics. Do you never do this in the car when you're driving? Just double glasses? No. See, I just, I got, I, do. Yeah. I got prescription shades and I just, I don't ever wear them because I'm like, oh, I don't want to change <laughs> glasses. Yeah. Because then you gotta carry two pairs right, of glasses. Right, right. That's yeah. where my shady rays are. They're sitting in my car. We'll see. I and, put and them on when I need them. The yeah. mistake I always make whenever I do go with the prescription shades is I leave them on when I walk into the store, and then I realize I'm standing at the cash register in sunglasses. And I'm <laughs> You're just that cool guy. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, I'm just too cool for school. Suddenly, um, we knew that about you. We did know that. <laughs> some, some front. Everybody off. knows that about Jesse. People yeah. say that. <laughs> It's uh, it it's gets known. it gets graffitied on my house all the time. It's really become a huge just cool two, guy. Two, yeah, yeah. Overall, good just an dude. Arrow. Yeah, cool yeah, yeah. Guy it's like here. guys, come on, seriously. Uh, front office decisions being made uh, slowly around the league. Craig Conroy in as GM in Calgary, then two head coaching hires: uh, Spencer Carberry for the Washington Capitals, and as of this morning, <laughs> Andrew Brunette to the Nashville Predators. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, any of these, do you guys think have any significant impact on Calgary, Washington, or Nashville? Uh, I think Nashville, as a hockey town, is about to experience a style of play they have <laughs> never seen before. So uh, I'm actually fully excited to put all of the Predators deep on fantasy draft sleeper lists. Oh, yeah? Because uh, they, are, they are going to play a kind of hockey that the Predators have never played. More up-tempo? Yep. They're going to play way more offensive. They're going to lean way more into their skill than they ever have. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I have no idea if it's going to work. They, I don't think it will. But They don't have I, enough high, high end. They skill. do have talent they can play. They have, yeah. they have speed that they can lean into. They've got a lot of guys up and down that lineup that can really get up and down the ice and play a skill game, uh, which you didn't see under John Hines because John Hines sucks as a coach. Um <laughs> And I would imagine that this should probably be his last NHL job, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, NHL teams are stupid, and they like to do the same. They like to make the same mistakes Run over back, and over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think this was only a good thing for Nashville. Uh, the rest of them, we'll see. I don't have any feelings. So <laughs> Ever? 
at all? No, just about those. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Brunette, I do. Th- I agree with AJ. Was the one that kind of caught my eye. I I will say the fact that they did this entire hiring process while John Hines was still the guy yeah. does not look great for that being the first thing that Barry Trotz does as a GM. But um, is it surprising? Like it's a new GM coming on. It's kind of part. It's, like, it's, it's not. It's not at all surprising. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying the, I hear you. Though. The way that the it was optics done. Is really discouraging because you're, especially as a guy who's been a coach for such a long time, you want to know the score. You want to know what your job is. You want to, like, you want to give John Hines an opportunity to be involved in these, the hiring processes elsewhere if somebody's interested in him. This is when the coaching carousel happens. And the fact that they kept him off that market while they were going through the hiring process with somebody else uh, is, I think, a bad look organizationally. I always remember, I was talking about this at the end of the, the Avalanche season, Joe Sacco's last post-game press conference. And he was in the, the tiny media room at the podium. And somebody was like, do you think you'll be back next year? And he just like kind of nervously giggled while <laughs> saying basically, I don't know. But it was so uncomfortable to be sitting there like, oh, God. I I can't I don't do uncomfortable in person well. I was like my skin's crawling. Well, get me out of here. Especially when you, someone else is like talking about like I'm probably getting fired. Like that's just like oh my god, get us out of this, get us out of this. And it's tough to be towing the company line right into the grave. Like at some point, be like, no, I don't expect to be back here. Right into the grave. Yeah. yeah, like when the company is like executing your career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you got to be positive on the yeah, walk to the you're gallows. Like, you're like, company is great. You've got to say good things about them as they're like, like, yeah, the what's the name of the guy who pulls the lever? The executioner. Oh, is it just the executioner? Yeah. <laughs> Kronk. Oh my God. That's a deep cut. That was a great pickup on that. That was a, that was a nice, nice reference there. Yeah, that was great. What a Coen Brothers uh, movie is it with James Franco? He's up at the the Hangman's Noose, and he's like, first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the that's, NHL coaching. That's carousel. Joe Sacco getting fired. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Just wanted to say I had Andrew Burnett getting hired. I thought it was going to be a fit in Calgary. However, Same. this is an interesting segue into Gerard Gallant, who's being linked to Calgary now. Um, yes. But Andrew Burnett getting an NHL job. I know. I want to laugh about that in a second. (laughs) Didn't surprise me. What did surprise me is the way in which this, uh, to the public-facing view, happened with Hines, I feel a little bit poorly about. But don't worry, Anaheim. We'll give him a call. (laughs) It's... Forgot about Anaheim. It's it's in poor taste. apparently. (laughs) Savage. (laughs) It's in poor taste to make a party town joke about Nashville and Andrew Brunette, right? Like we should. Like, yeah. That's, okay, we'll skip that one. We'll skip that one then. Uh, we'll skip was that, that mean he was at the strip club with everybody? <laughs> that's an interesting theory. I hadn't. He he called all the Ubers. Yes. <laughs> Ubers. They just took a bus. He organized it. He called all the golf carts team, for everybody. Team out in right, exactly. <laughs> Keep the bachelorette parties away. Uber golf. Yeah. Shit. They're they're everywhere. I don't know. I physically don't know if you can in Nashville. Um. Craig Conroy in, in Calgary saying we want people who want to be here, obviously referencing Gaudreau and Kachuk. Uh, going to be interesting to see what they do there now a year after the big trades and the entire upheaval of that organization. Um, lots of moves, still lots of pieces to, to be moved. Is this kind of a precursor to what we're looking at this summer? Like, Is this going to be an above average summer for activity? Yes. Think so? 
I, I think so too. Um, just there's a lot of cap space available. There's a lot of assets available after a really busy deadline. Yeah. Potentially teams have $2 million in cap going up. Two, two teams have too many assets that they will, they will realistically not be able to use. Um, but Chicago's not making five picks in the second round, for example. Like they're just yeah. not doing that. Um, I hope they do. But they, uh, you have teams that are flush with cap space and assets that will have opportunities to move. And on the other end, you have a bunch of broke teams that need to give players away. Uh, and your free agent class is so weak this year. It's at the top, in terms of difference makers, it's really good and deep in middle of the lineup guys, which will be great mm -hmm. for Colorado. But for teams trying to find impact players and difference makers, it's a bad free agency class. So I think you're going to have a lot more moving and shaking in terms of trades. Probably bad moves, too. Uh, I mean, always. Yeah. <laughs> when 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 teams get desperate, you know they make they make bad decisions. And um, teams that you're looking at, you're looking at Washington and Tampa Bay and uh, Boston, all teams that Vancouver, all teams that De Edmonton that desperately need to move money in order to ice a roster next year, um, are staring down the barrel of some really hard choices. The trade market is the one that I I really am interested to see how it plays out this year because I think we're seeing teams get more and more and more creative. And then the other part, you mentioned it with, you know, new GM coming into Nashville. I'm anxious to see. You're, you're going to have a couple of these teams. One of the teams you just mentioned, Toronto, will have a new GM in place. How does that impact it? Does it impact it at all? You know, Kyle Dubas was saying, I have to get things signed off on by so many people. Will a new GM in Toronto even make a difference? Or is it more of just kind of business as usual? Is he going to GM Pittsburgh? It, Will it, Sheldon Keefe be back? They've already lost be, an assistant coach. Yep. It, it's it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, Jason Spezza, it sounds like, will maybe be following Kyle Dubas. But, you know, th th there's going to be new, you know, new GMs in place that are going to want to leave a stamp on, on a team this summer. And with what we're talking about, I think there's going to be a lot of guys available to be traded for and things like that. I think we could see some shuffling. Does anybody disagree that of unrestricted free agents, Ryan O'Reilly is the best one available? Yeah, I said it was He's Orloff. at the top, you yeah. Were, okay. O'Reilly, O'Reilly. You think it's Orlov? I think it's Orlov. More so than... Yeah. Um, Daddy, he was huh? great on Boston, too. The thing, the thing with O'Reilly is that he's not a, a first-line center anymore. And Dmitry Orlov's still a first-pairing defenseman. All right, fair. Yeah. How much longer will that be the case? They're both of them are in their thirties. O'Reilly has gotten his aging curve faster. He's mm. a year older, so okay. But um, with O'Reilly, you are looking at the offense has taken a major, major step back. Quickly. Uh, yeah, and quickly. But the other thing is, he's always been an analytical darling, and till now, and that's where you're wondering exactly what kind of impact guy is he. Um. If I, I've said that if the Avs could get him, I would do it. But because you're slotting him in as a hard two C. Exactly. And I'm open to the idea that he ages into a three C yeah, in that, that time mm -hmm. and they move into they can move into that where the Avs two C thing is we could do probably ten more shows on because it's <laughs> such a tricky conversation uh, of trying to balance immediate need, long term need, and uh, oncoming cap problems that 
you know, when they get a guy like Bowen Byram under contract, they will feel better about, yeah. they will have an idea of what the money looks like Gotta start for there. however many years. But um, right now with all the uncertainty, they're in a really tough spot. But I think with O'Reilly, the abs are probably, I, I fully expect the abs to try on O'Reilly, mm-hmm. but I yeah. also fully expect that there will be teams that, again, we're talking, teams are going to get desperate. The center market is not good in free agency. O'Reilly is the best center out there, uh, assuming that Bergeron and Krejci either are Boston only or retirement. Yeah. Then O'Reilly is the best center available. Uh, sorry, Alex Kalorn, but I'm not buying it. <laughs> um, and I think it, other teams will will probably go bigger either in term AAV or both. He's got a history of going to the highest bidder. Ryan That's, O'Reilly is not a hometown discount kind yeah, of guy. There's no sentimentality he, there. Is he the, the guy that the floodgates wait on? Right? Like, is it Ryan O'Reilly is the move that kicks off everything? everything? Me. I felt like that way around the deadline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder just because there is a there is an alternative in Kalorn who has been more productive doing the same job, but is he, he's 34. He's not the name brand O'Reilly. It's like, <laughs> I want Ryan O'Reilly. We have Ryan O'Reilly at home. The big, the big thing, the big thing with Alex Kalorn is that he just had a postseason last year where he scored zero goals yeah. Yeah. in a Stanley Cup run. He played all their games and scored zero goals. And while it does stand out as a big anomaly in his career, you're also like, is this the future? Uh, like, I'm hesitant. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a 34-year-old guy. No, I'm getting a short-term. I'm, I'm very likely getting a short-term conversation. And we had the same thing when Joe Pavelski went to Dallas, where we were like, oh, it's a year or two. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but with, with Kalorn, you're, you're probably getting, you're planning on it being a short-term relationship. So you want to get the most out of it while you can. You're trying to, you're trying to get an impact guy there. So uh, if, if O'Reilly does hold up the market, Kalorn, I think, is an easy backup that a team could go to and say, that's too much. We're not, we're not yeah. waiting. We're not going to wait on this, lose out on both of you guys. We'll yeah, go to you. We'll quickly. take you. Would you. Do you kick the tires on Taves, Jonathan Taves? I did a cap friendly last night where I did exactly that. I, I, I think you have to. I mean, it's like in, in a level of due diligence. Right. And that must be done. I my my conversation with John, with Jonathan Taves is about being the three C, not the two C. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if and if he coming off of a ten million dollar contract, knowing where he is at his career and this and that, uh, if his priority is money, it's messed up. But he can he'll he'll get it. Somebody will give it to mm-hmm. him. But if his priority is competing, being Colorado's three C should be very appealing to him. It can uh, they can protect him a little bit. They're not asking him to play. Such a such a big role. Uh, it'll be competitive. It'll be a style that he likes to play. It'll be a style that he would fit. I, I, there should be intrigue there. Well, and if if he does end up having some, you know, the, of the issue, the health issues again, you're talking about the bottom half of your lineup. Yeah, not yeah a losing a three C isn't right. However, if you had lost JT Comfer this year, the yeah. season goes even worse. Right, right. Yeah, somehow. I mean, Evan Rodriguez <laughs> takes that job, and then God knows how it, you know what what room you're in. Yeah. It, it the, the the Jonathan Taves one I do think that again if if you're talking a small dollar amount one year, mm-hmm. I, I think there would be a lot of teams that would be interested in his services for something like that. But 
yeah, if, if he's the prove yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. comeback contract. Yeah. Are can are you still a good well, enough just player? The, just the just the we we think you can help us, and you've made so much money already in your career that. Yeah, do you want a cup or do you want a yeah? Like, what are your castle? priorities here? <laughs> right. You know, Ryan Suter got bought out, and I thought for sure he was going to get a one-year, two-year deal somewhere. Dallas gave him fucking four out yeah, of nowhere, and you're just like, okay. And yeah. now you know now there are consequences to bad decisions. So yeah, um, you know, losing this playoff series is kind of like, well, <laughs> this is what you get. Wouldn't it be something if he got? bought out again and then signed elsewhere and is getting paid by three teams next year yeah i've thought about it It (laughs) the good stuff yeah what do taxes look like on that when he's getting paychecks from all those the darcy tucker level buyout uh uh, i i think it there was this was actually asked on a different pod that was over the last summer it's you get a check from each city so each of your checks are if you're being paid by two teams that you don't play for and the team you do play for you get checks from each of those states. So, like, the state tax applies yeah. to each one. Yeah. So, at least one of his checks would be so no state tax. Who was it? Joe Pampliano, maybe, or somebody about put out a thread on Twitter about Steph Curry's taxes. And you have to pay taxes in the state you earn the money in. So, like, when a guy is from Toronto playing in Denver... Mm-hmm. Is going to pay Colorado state tax on the money earned in Colorado. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Are, are you saying like, well, like yeah. as a visitor, not as a home team player? Oh, so so you're saying like game to game? Yeah. Interesting. There was a. That's very interesting. There was a f- recent former Av who had really bad tax liability issues, uh, and I was there hanging out with one of the security guys one day when they like the mail came in <laughs> and it was just, it was a stack like that thick and it was from all the state IRS's addressed to the same player. Cause he had to, he, <laughs> he owed stuff. all of the tax taxes. <laughs> that's a, that's an overwhelming stack of mail to get it, here. Well, you mean, owe a lot of different state governments money. What, what, what I made me laugh is that that player at the time was in Europe. Oh shit. Cause he was not in the NHL anymore. Ooh. Damn, it's bummer. Uh, any final thoughts here uh, as we kind of wrap things up, Megan? I'm not interested in Jonathan Taves. Ooh, okay. Ooh, get all, it. all right, well, now we You're have on to the re- spot. Let's go. Let's go back into this room because now I got to hear all this. There's not a lot to say other than I, for the Avs specifically, okay. obviously. Yep. It's an Avs pod. But I just think they have greater need to see and wing before they look at filling a third line center role. And I think they're going to have to throw that money at those two first before we're talking about it. And I just don't see even short-term lower AAV for Jonathan Taves making sense when those needs get filled. I think that they are inevitably going to have to pay someone. And this is my hope that they are willing to pay someone to be a proper true 2C. And I think that is going to be, there's going to be a little bit of inflation this year because a lot of people want a top six centerman. And there are few options, whether through trade or free agency, that I think that they're going to need once the buy room contract is settled to really throw a little bit more money than they've planned at that position first. I'd rather them then spend that secondly on a winger before they get to the third line centerman conversation. And it's kind of a position, right, where you can't kick. I mean, assuming JT Comfort leaves, mm-hmm. who, who do you kick down to third line center? Do you have anybody you can kick up? 
I don't know that you do right now. Like, I mean, could right, Ben Myers be that guy? Like, your hope is that Alex Newhook and Ben Myers are your yeah. three and yeah. four. Right. But also, you aren't you aren't a hundred percent sold on Alex Newhook down the middle. You know, you, yes. you're planning on Newhook somewhere in your lineup. Uh, in in the in in the concept of somewhere in that bottom nine, Alex Newhook will have a job. And he has room to grow. Yeah. Like a lot of pressure so has been and expectations yep. have been put on him. But to Megan's point, like you if you lose JT Comfort, you you can't roll anybody. So you do have two holes in the middle. And yeah, the second line one is obviously the higher priority. And you saw just how damaging it was all season long yeah. as we knew it would be. Yep. The hard part, the hard part with what Megan is talking about is that you can't wait on Byram. He might be the last contract you do, right? Because RFAs frequently get done during training camp and right. stuff. After. That not being able to spend that money and what what kind of conversation are they having? Yeah, we're gonna find out what kind of conversation they have based on the money they don't spend. The longer that goes yeah. on, that's, that's a good. If point. that ends up as a bridge deal that they're able to agree to pretty quickly, and they get to they get to a dollar figure that everybody's comfortable with, you love that. But you're realistically, I'm, I'm expecting Byram to get done in training camp. And I think they have to sort of plan around the worst, too, with that in mind. Like, well, if this ends up being a little higher in the talks that we've had, that is going to influence even how they approach before the extension actually gets done. And I, I think that is where they'll have to play it a little bit safer. I do think that there will still be an interest in another option down the middle for the third or fourth line. But this is where the Galchenyuk types come into play. Like, mm -hmm. is that somebody that is considered there as a cheaper option? And honestly, with Taves specifically, the health is a huge concern for me. I'd rather them, if they are looking at a third or fourth line centerman, just look elsewhere. I, and to pose this question to you, since you're the Eagles expert, like, what does that team need? I mean, depth-wise, the, the avalanche, we were all like, oh, they've got some good depth that can help out in the case of injuries, and we saw it this year, and it wasn't great. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not fair, because the depth was we need to fill five jobs instead yeah. of one <laughs> job. I mean, I'm sure, but, like, the rotating door of we'll throw this guy you, on you the second line and see how he does. Yeah. Like, we will give you the shot now. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's early. We'll give you the shot on the second line, uh, you know. I like I, I just, for a I mean, game or two. Like, I, f I feel like every year, and at least the three years I worked there, massive, massive turnover and overhaul of the AHL team every year. It's true of the American League generally, but this year especially they lose Ranta, Rydal, Johansson to the Swedish Hockey League specifically. And then in season they lose players to the KHL. They have severe needs that they will need to fill. And that is more realistically where I'm pitting a lot of these college players that they signed at the end of last year, like Andre Pavel. I know that people are excited around him. I've seen too few of his games to see the NHL path right now. I still think that he'll be a key player for the Eagles. But like that being said, they're going to have some things that they need to figure out in both the forward group and the defensive group. But I think, especially like depending on what Malinsky shows in camp, that that creates an interesting scenario for the Eagles because they are still a little shorthanded defensively. That being said, there are a lot of holes to fill at the American League level. So but. you mentioned Johansson, then you said, so really it sounds like they need forwards, defense, and goalie. Um, mm. Yeah, man. Maybe. Maybe like, it's a, if they're I, interested I, in Keith Kincaid again, yeah. okay, <laughs> running back um, with him, they're still used to sounding in. Trent Minor exists. 
So <laughs> it's true. He's alive. I would like to Brad see them Hunt? give him a chance. He's, He's back. He's back, which Gold is great. Gold medal, Brad. But will he be an eagle? Will he actually get to captain this team? I I think yes. But yeah, they're still. You're right. Every position. I, I was gonna say. I was mostly saying tongue in cheek, saying like it's true. There's a lot of work to do. A hundred percent. You expect them to be a good team next year, but a lot of work to do at that level. And I guess we're assuming Nichushkin is back. Yeah, I, I'm fully operating that. He's back. I'm fully operating that camp. he would have been back had they made the second round. I th- I, th- I feel like it's a safe assumption, but mm-hmm. I guess we'll never get to know. <laughs> I think I think whether or not he's back is going to be determined by does he apologize to the team for uh, costing them a his selfishness round. during the first round. Yeah. yeah. More than more than any of this other nonsense that people have concocted around him. Bro, there have been some wild my favorite my absolute favorite man was that he went into witness protection he went into witness protection because the russian mafia was after him because he broke up because he broke up a sex trafficking ring ring. yeah i saw that one too i was that the the leaps i hope that's the one that comes out in 10 years (laughs) vigilante valdetution just he doesn't sleep when they're on the road he just goes and the team crime the, at night. The team yeah. signs a new guy now. Vachushkin looks exactly <laughs> the same. Vachushkin. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I think Leon Sandcastle. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think I'll do. We've gone a little bit long today, so we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much, man. Ryan Bolding, NHL.com, Colorado correspondent, uh, also the host of the hockey show, which is Saturdays at noon. Uh, Most of the time, yeah. On uh, on Mile High Sports, so uh, thanks so much, man. We, we thanks for you. having me. This we'll, is great. We'll have you back again this summer. Uh, we got plenty more to talk about. Uh, for Ryan, Megan, AJ, Tiff on the board. I'm Jesse Montano. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back tomorrow.